So if we go back in time, this is what I imagine the framers of our Constitution were talking about when they came up with the Electoral College. I assume one guy said, you know what? Instead of having a vote where everybody casts a ballot and we just add them up uh, and then declare the person who got the most votes the winner, we should do something entirely different. We should um, break it apart. Uh, we should go state by state and give them various values uh, that have to be added up uh, so that this separate system elects our president. And I'm sure one of the other guys said, that's brilliant. It's confusing, it's convoluted, it's government. We shall call our creation the Electoral College. My name is Joshua Roberts, attorney at law, and you are watching Lawyer Up. Today we're going to talk about the Electoral College, the way that we go about electing our President of the United States here in the U.S. We're going to talk about what the Electoral College is, we're going to talk about where it came from and why, we're going to get specifically into all of the various details of it, and then we're going to look at uh, the proposition or the idea that the Electoral College could be tossed out in favor of a straight vote count or a popular vote count to determine the President of the United States. If you enjoy this video, hit that like button. If you got something to say, comment below. If you want to learn more about legal topics, subscribe to the channel. And if you have friends that might like this information, share me on social media. So every four years, people have to kind of remember why we elect a president by a completely different means than we elect every other person in the United States. We have to remember what is this thing that we call the Electoral College. What actually is happening is that when you go into the voting booth, you're selecting an individual, whether it be, say, in this one, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, and you circle in the little circle or you punch through the voting card. What you're actually doing is voting for a slate of electorates who will meet a month later in December, and they will actually cast their electoral ballot, which is the actual means that the President of the United States has chosen. And one of the biggest questions is why do we have an electoral college and where did it come from? Well, it goes all the way back to the framers of the Constitution and their discussion about how we should elect a president. Uh, the first discussion was that they should just have Congress do it, just have the legislative branch select the president. Uh, but then they got into the problem of checks and balances, and it doesn't seem to be fair for the legislative branch to appoint the leader of the executive branch. So that idea got nixed pretty early on in the process. Then they shifted to talking about a popular vote, or just letting the people, the individual citizens of the United States, decide who the president was. There were a couple of different objections there. Uh, number one, people said, ah, are you crazy? You're gonna let the people decide who the president is? Well, that's what government does. We should be doing that. Uh, they got past that one fairly quickly, but the real issue that came up was that they couldn't reach a consensus amongst the states. Recall at this time, women couldn't vote. Uh, and in the North, while uh, the uh, minorities were free, in the South, they had slavery. So they couldn't reach uh, a decision on how and who would be able to vote for president. 
So the compromise that they came up with was to substitute electors and to vote for the president through an electoral college system. And although the format has changed over time, the electoral college system is still what we use today in the United States to elect the president. Originally, the way they did it was you had a slate of people running for president. Uh, and the person who got the most electoral votes became president, and the person who got the second most electoral votes became vice president. Uh, after a couple of times, they realized that that was a problem. Take, for example, the 2016 election. The person who got the most electoral votes was Donald Trump. The person who got the second most electoral votes was Hillary Clinton. So under the original system, uh, Donald Trump would be president and Hillary Clinton would be vice president. Uh, after a couple of go-rounds with that and having a vice president that was antagonistic to the president, uh, the United States Congress changed the system, and that was in 1804, to the present system we have today where the vice president is tethered to the president and you vote for them as a ticket or a package uh, when the electoral uh, ballots are cast. So let's talk a little bit about the format. Now, we know that the president is a national election. However, under the Electoral College model, it is broken up and it's handled on a state-by-state -state basis. And there are 538 electoral votes, and these are divided amongst the 50 states in what is a winner-take-all format in at least 48 of those 50 states. And when I say winner-take-all, here's what I mean. Let's say candidate A receives uh, a million votes, and candidate B receives a million and one vote. Well, candidate B barely wins that election by the popular vote. However, they get all of that state's electoral votes. So if that were in, say, California, a win by one popular vote would get you all 55 electoral college votes. Now, you need 270 electoral college votes to be declared president. And to become president, you need what's called an absolute majority. You can't just get the most electoral votes. You have to have 270. You have to have that majority. Now, we have never had an election where a president did not get to that point or the majority point. However, it could happen. If you had three strong candidates, uh, each that uh, split the electoral votes, there would be a scenario where no one had a majority. In that event, the presidential election is thrown into the House of Representatives, where each state gets one vote to select the president of the United States. So how are these 538 electoral votes broken up amongst the states? Well, how they do it is they tie the number of electoral college votes each state has to that state's membership in the federal House of Representatives and the federal Senate. So it's important to do a little refresher on how Congress is set up. Now remember that we have a bicameral legislature or we have two houses of Congress. The first house is the House of Representatives and each state is represented in the House of Representatives based upon population. So a state with more people in it will have more representatives in the House of Representatives. So take, for example, California, that is the most populated state in the United States. They have 53 members in the House of Representatives. Compare that to uh, Missouri, where I come from, we have eight representatives in the House of Representatives. And then the least populated state is Wyoming. They only have one. 
And there are several states uh, in that part of the country that just have one member of the House of Representatives because of their low population size. Now we move over to the Senate. In the Senate, every state is represented equally. So California being the largest has two senators. Wyoming being the smallest, they also have two senators. Missouri, two senators. I think you get the picture. On the Senate side, every single state has two senators that represent that state in the Senate. So if you add all of those up, there are 435 representatives in the House of Representatives. There are 100 senators in the Senate. So that's 535 uh, congressmen and or electoral votes. Now, if you're paying attention, you recall earlier, I said there's actually 538 electoral votes. So where do the other three come from? Well, they come from Washington, DC who under the 23rd Amendment to the Constitution was given three electoral votes uh, in the presidential election process. So the question that always comes up is why don't we just eliminate the Electoral College and go with the popular vote? Just everybody gets one vote, we add them up at the end, and whoever has the most votes wins. In answering that question, it's important that you understand the concept that the lesser populated states actually hold more power in proportion to the vote of the people and their electoral vote than the more heavily populated states. And it's kind of strange to think about that an individual in a less populated state would have proportionately more voting power when it comes to the electoral college. So let me give you an example to explain that. Now let's say I live in the state of Josh. Population one, I'm the only person who lives here in my state. Well, by definition, my state gets two senators and a minimum of one representative. So in my state, my one popular vote would equate to three electoral votes. That would be massive power for one popular vote. So when we switch to a more practical example, let's go back to the 2016 election and look at the voting in California. Now there were 13,800,000 approximately votes cast. 455, remember they have 53 representatives and then they have two senators, 55 electoral votes. Now if you divide those two numbers, you see that for every 250,000 votes that were cast in California, they got one electoral college vote. Pretty good. But let's switch gears and look at, say, Wyoming, the least populated state. In that state, there were only about 250,000 votes that were cast for the president. They only get three electoral college votes, but when you divide them, you see that for every about 85,000 votes, they get one electoral college vote. That's about three times the voting power. In California, you need a quarter of a million votes to get to one electoral college vote. In Wyoming, you only need 85,000. So that's what I mean when I say the less populated states hold more power proportionally when it comes to the electoral college process. And the net effect of that is that you can win the popular vote, but you can lose the electoral college vote. Now this has only happened five times in the history of the United States. And the first three were in the 1800s. 
so we've kind of forgotten about those because there were no elections where that happened in the 1900s. But it's happened twice since 2000. If you remember back in 2000, George Bush uh, defeated Al Gore, even though Al Gore won the popular vote. He won it by almost half a million votes. But George Bush had 271 electoral college votes, and he was declared the President of the United States. Even more dramatic was in 2016, where Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump by almost 3 million votes based upon the popular vote. However, when you look at the electoral college count, it was Trump 304 to Hillary's 227. She won the popular vote, but the electoral college vote wasn't even close. Trump won by a mile. So this electoral college uh, concept can have a dramatic effect on the outcome of an election. And you'll hear arguments that, hey, this isn't fair, this doesn't make any sense, we should just go with the popular vote. And it makes some sense. So the question is, will our country ever scrap the electoral college process and go with a popular vote to elect the president? And I'm gonna tell you the answer to that is no. And here's why, because the less populated states would never allow it. To change from the electoral college process, uh, it would require a constitutional amendment. Uh, and constitutional amendments must be ratified by three-fourths of the states. So it is highly unlikely that the most populated states are going to convince the other 75% of the states who hold uh, power under the Electoral College to give up that power to the most populated states. It's probably never going to happen. Uh, they might convince one state, two states, three states, but are they going to get 75% of the states? Not going to happen. The Electoral College is not going away. For those of you that would like to see the popular vote control, probably the most you could ever hope for is what they call a divided electorate. Two states, Nebraska and Maine, have departed from the winner-take-all format. There can be multiple electoral votes uh, within that state divided amongst two different candidates. So those people who would like to see the popular vote control the presidency, probably the most they can ever hope for is that the country would move more to this hybrid model uh, where the electoral college vote more closely reflects the popular vote of the citizenry of that state. So like it or not, the Electoral College is here to stay. If you enjoyed the episode, hit that like button. If you got something to say, comment below. Uh, if you want more content uh, like this, subscribe to the channel. And if you have friends that might enjoy this type of content, share me on social media. My name is Joshua Roberts, and you've been watching Lawyer Up. Send lawyers, guns, and money. Dead, get me out of this.